the ACC is they've got three teams in the Sweet 16. We're going to talk about the men's and how they're ready to roll. A little touch on the women's side of things. And more importantly, who is going to come out victorious? Who's going to go a little bit further? Is it going to be Miami? Will it be North Carolina? Will it be Duke? Will they all get in the same route together? Will we see a Carolina-Duke rematch for the third time? God knows. I pray not. Let's talk to Tyler Aki of Locked on Syracuse about it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Candace Cooper here, Locked On ACC Podcast, joined by my co-host, Locked On Syracuse host, Tyler Aki. And we are super excited to bring you today's episode, talk about March Madness and all of our great teams that are still dancing. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Tyler, thank you so much for joining. Have you been enjoying March Madness so far? How could you not? I mean, yeah. there have been... You know what's crazy is this... March Madness has been as fun as it has been, and we have not seen a single game-winning buzzer beater yet. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Can you believe that through the first two, uh, first two uh, rounds, and we haven't seen one of the most exciting plays in all of basketball? We haven't seen one yet, and it's still Absolutely. been as good as it's been. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, we've seen that this season, especially for the ACC. We've seen some of those buzzer beaters. We've seen it in the tournament. And so we are, you know, a little bit spoiled over here. But I say all that to say, as much as people ragged on the ACC this year, having three teams in the Sweet 16, does that give you a little bit more validation about where this conference is as a whole when it comes to basketball, men's basketball? I think it, it certainly gives a little bit of validation, but I don't know if it's necessarily the players. I want, mm. I think it more validates some of the coaches, and we're seeing it really across what, who's still standing in the Sweet 16 and who's not. Like, mm -hmm. Look at the Big Ten. Yeah, like a lot of those teams aren't the greatest coach teams. Right. Um, the SEC has completely floundered because even though the talent's at an all-time high, I don't think the coaching prowess necessarily is. Meanwhile, you look at the Big 12, you look at the the ACC, some of the teams that have won games. I mean, every single team except for Virginia Tech won a game in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, Notre Dame really well coached. Um, Duke obviously really well coached. Miami really well coached. And Hubert, it's year one, but I think we're starting to learn that he's a pretty good coach. He can start to get things done, especially when it matters most. He's yeah. won some really big games this year. And yeah. even though he's a first year coach, he's he's shown that he can do it, which is awesome <laughs> to see because felt like Carolina fans were ready to fire him a couple weeks ago. <laughs> still could, you know, depending on how they play out in this tournament. I think a six sixteen will still not be enough for some of these diehards, which is really crazy to me. But you know what? I've learned that these people just don't have common sense, and so we just we move past that. But as well as all good, Virginia Tech, you did piss me off because I was rooting for y'all. Like I was going hard in the paint about y'all. I said y'all were the hottest team smoking. You lost the first round, but it's okay. I forget and I forgive. We'll move on and move forward. But we do have some really good games happening on Thursday and Friday today. Specifically, Texas Tech will take on the Blue Devils, and I've had the opportunity to be on a couple Texas Tech podcasts talking about Duke. Been painful, but I got it through. Man, a lot of people are feeling like this is going to be a big challenge for the Blue Devils. How are you feeling about Duke's chances? Let's just start there in this matchup. 
I don't love them if I'm going to be yeah. completely honest here, because what can Texas Tech do? They can take away Duke's biggest strength, and that's what they can do offensively. This is a yeah. really well-run defensive system. Even though it's a first-year head coach and Mark Adams, I mean, he's got this team. It feels seamless from what they lost in Chris Beard to what they are now with Mark Adams running the ship. They are the number one defense in the entire country, and for good reason. And I don't know if Duke can win a slog down game that could be played in the 50s or low 60s. I, yeah. I don't know if they can. Now, if it does come down to a final possession and maybe we do get one of those first buzzer beaters of the tournament, Duke's got guys that can hit that shot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. what's going to happen in the first 39 and a half minutes of this game? I, I don't exactly. think this is necessarily going to come down to a final shot here. I think Texas Tech has a really good chance against a Duke team that sure has more star power, has more firepower, but this is a Texas tech unit that I think is a little more cohesive and a little better put together. Right. So the average age of Texas Tech's team is 22 years old. The average age of Duke's players is 18 and a half. Let's say, man, you want to talk about a time to lean on people who've had a little bit more experience just in life, not necessarily maybe on the basketball court or in an NCAA tournament, but yeah. knowing that they have all the pressure, they've had it every time they've been in top moments, whether it was that last game in Cameron and they choked, whether it was an ACC tournament and they choked, I don't see how they just buck up. And if they do, I can maybe make even the argument that they're going to win the whole thing because if you can mm -hmm. get past this, I don't see how anything can stop you. However, Texas Tech knows that they are the team that can take them out. They have all the confidence in the world. They're playing also with house money. There's no pressure for them, right? Nobody's right. going to say Texas Tech, they're supposed to be this big bad wolf. It's all about Duke. It's all about Coach K. It's all we will hear on the broadcast, but I think that's going to be more so in what's going to be in Texas Tech's favor. And you, you brought up the age there. Texas Tech is the second oldest team remaining in the tournament right now of the 16 only behind Providence. So I think that, yeah, that, and think about the last time Duke had a really young, but talented team in the NCAA tournament. You go back to 2019, but what beat them age? I mean, Michigan state was just a more experienced team led by a really strong point guard in Cassius Winston. So I think we could see a similar situation rear its head in a game like this one. Who do you think, if anybody, is going to have to be that star player for Duke? And who like, who are you counting on to have that breakout game? Because there are so many stars, right? And you can look to see somebody can go off for 25 anytime they want to. AJ right. Griffin, Paolo, all of them. Who do you think is that one person, though, that's going to have to have that great game? Well, I think there's a couple ways that this could happen. So either A, Paolo Bancaro plays in this game and just solidifies, ends the conversation of who's the number one overall pick. And mm -hmm. he could, he could, if he does this Very against this so. Texas Tech defense and plays the way that he's been playing in the tournament so far. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But the other thing, the other mismatch I look to is Mark Williams, because this yep. is a Texas tech team that doesn't have a lot of interior size. I, again, they're long on the wings. They're long at the guard. They're big there. But when you get on the inside, pretty much the players that see significant playing time for them, nobody's taller than six foot eight. You're <laughs> going to have a four inch advantage with a guy um, yeah, four inch advantage with a guy like Mark Williams patrolling yeah. the center for you. So can we see him go up and get some lobs and can we see him just be an imposing presence at the rim and take away everything easy and layups from this Texas tech offense, because this Texas tech team has struggled scoring the basketball at times. It's, it's the nature of their DNA right now. It's they're a defensive minded team. A lot, mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of their practices are geared towards defense and defensive execution. So can 
a guy like Mark Williams be a true difference maker? And I know you've talked about this a lot, and we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. I really do think Mark Williams is the X factor on this team. And I don't mm -hmm. think he's given enough credit for how much his presence can swing games. I mean, I saw him go up against Syracuse. He won a couple of those games against Syracuse yeah. just by his mere <laughs> presence. And yeah. when he struggled, Duke struggled against a team like Syracuse. He struggled in that game in the mm -hmm. ACC tournament. And as a result, Duke was in it neck and neck at the end against a really shorthanded Syracuse team. So I think Mark Williams kind of holds the keys to success here. But if Paolo looks like the number one overall pick and wants to put that conversation to bed, that's another way that Duke can win against not just Texas Tech, but any team. Yeah. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Texas Tech reminds me of Virginia. We all know how yeah. that Virginia and Duke matchup went, right? But I think, you know, that clearly came down to a last second shot. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that for Texas Tech because I don't think if they stick around, I think Duke will pull it out. I just, for some reason, you know, unfortunately, I feel like Duke just has that gut where they're going to have a window more junior, have that opportunity to be the senior leader that everyone's called him to be. But who knows? Ultimately, I think it's going to be a great game. Duke just can't play around. They cannot let them stick around the way that Notre Dame tried to, you know, fight back and Texas Tech ultimately was able to take them out. Do not let Texas Tech hang around because all they need is an inch, like an inch of confidence, right. and they'll certainly, you know, handle things well. Want to talk about these Friday games here, but first I want to remind you guys about Run Your Pool. We all know that it's March Madness, and I know your brackets are busted. Mine certainly were. Tyler, how soon did your bracket get busted? Uh, I had Kentucky as a final four. <laughs> I, I've lost three final four teams. It's not good. It's yeah. Not good. You know, it's one of those things. Well, along with the six sweet 16 brackets, run your pool offers square pools. Yes. Like the super bowl to keep things interesting every week of the tournament brackets bust, but the fun doesn't have to stop. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more Intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at the big media bracket sites. If you're looking to expand your horizon, run your pool has games for just about every sport including nba pga mlb and even the oscars once the madness ends try something new clearly we believe in run your pool because we've survived we've run survivor and bracket contests there this year ourselves start your second chance sweet 16 pool in at runyourpool.com slash locked on again that's runyourpool.com slash locked on and as Tyler mentioned we haven't seen a buzzer beater yet, but it could be on the way. And so you want to make sure that you are all set and ready to go with Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums, which pits the star players against each other. So you can have Paolo Banquero against Bryson Williams from Texas Tech. And you never know what could go down. Take back control from these handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. In addition to their pick em game, Stat Hero also has dozens of lineups you can come through to take one. Take them on head-to-head. -head. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on by using the same promo code. That's locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 100% deposit match. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on. So rocking and rolling here with Tyler Aki of Locked on Syracuse, and we are talking about March Madness. And, of course, the Thursday game will be a good one, but everyone's turning their eyes on this Friday ones as well as North Carolina will take on UCLA. UCLA last year was a Final Four team, and this year they're looking to get themselves back in that bad boy. I have them winning the whole thing, so I'm totally okay at this point <laughs> <laughs> if my bracket gets busted. So at first, you know, I wasn't believing in Carolina. I'm going to keep it a band. I said they might mess around and lose some Marquette. Fine, whatever. I don't care. They beat, you know, Duke when it mattered. They, you know, blew up Coach K's prayer party. It's fine. I have my victory. 
Then they messed around and beat them jokers by a lot. Then they wanted to play around with Baylor and they messed around and win. Now I'm a believer. And now you've got me sucked in and I hate that. You know, you hate when your team gives you that emotional, fine, let's do this damn thing and you're all in. Now we play UCLA at 9.30 at night, which God knows, hard for me to stay awake. But UCLA, nobody to play around with. Can this Carolina team have Brady Manic for an entire game and pick up a win, Tyler? I'd love to know your Brady Manic thoughts in terms of his Carolina legacy. Like (laughs) this is a guy who's around for a cup of coffee and that's it. And I I was having this conversation with with Tim, my co-host on Locked on Syracuse, because he grew up a big Carolina fan. I'm like, all right, let's say this Carolina team gets to the final four and five, 10 years from now, they do a, a 2022 final four reunion team or like reunion and Mm -hmm. you're honored at halftime or whatever. Who gets the loudest cheer? Like it's got to be Brady, right? <laughs> because he's kind of the motor yeah. for this team. Even in the games they lose, he's still busting his ass out there, and like he feels like the lifeblood. He's not the most talented player on the team. He's not yeah. the best player on the team, but he's the dude. He's the dude that the fan base loves. the The media loves. It seems like everybody loves Brady Manic. Everybody wants a piece of Brady Manic. And <laughs> I think back to like. Like I'm a Cubs fan, and they traded for Nick mm-hmm. Castellanos a couple seasons ago. Expiring mm-hmm. deal. He ends up playing like two months with the Cubs. Yeah. But I like Nick Castellanos a hell of a lot more than some of the pieces that won a World Series that ended in a 108-year drought. And I feel like it's similar <laughs> with Brady Manick right now for Carolina fans. Yeah, Brady is – he's that guy. First of all, Brady doesn't have to buy a beer in Chapel Hill for the rest of his life off the strength of what he's done. When he played Duke the first time out, and he was the only reason why they were halfway in that game, and then on the second time around when he was dra- draining those threes. But more importantly, when we saw him in Fort Worth against Baylor, we knew that elbow shouldn't have been a flagrant too. But yeah. the fact that he didn't even feel like he deserved to cheer with the group was so sad because I'm like, no, bro, you're this is it. You're family. Like, you're good for life. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. have to worry about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Chapel Hill. So I love that Leaky was bringing him in under his wing because, like you said, anytime they have a reunion, Brady is going to get the loudest cheers because, you know, no, unfortunately, like, keep it keep it real. We've seen Baycott. We've seen him for three years. We're happy that he's got his double-doubles. We're happy for Caleb. Like, we're happy for RJ. But Brady's just different. Like, we've needed a shooter for so long, a consistent shooter for so long that I'm just hoping that he can keep the streak alive. We know how streaky shooters can be, but hopefully this tournament he's just feeling the heat because they're going to need that going into this matchup. Absolutely. I mean, and this is a UCLA team. Strong offense, strong defense, just a really balanced attack here that the Bruins have. And they're a group that's done this before. They've gotten to a Final Four. But you look back last year at some of the performances that they got in the NCAA tournament, and I wonder how much some of those are going to translate this time around because Mm -hmm. they got some Herculean effort last year out of Johnny Juzang, Jaime Jaquez, Tyre Campbell. They haven't gotten those really this year. They're still good players, right. but they're not playing at the, that superstar level that a couple of them were last season. So yeah. I don't think that it's a cakewalk. I don't think this is a bad UCLA team, but they're vulnerable. I think they've yeah. got their holes, and we've seen them trip up a couple of times, especially down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, you just think back to like the Arizona State game. They lost to Oregon. And just some games that they've been in that haven't been overly competitive either. Like yeah. lost by eight to Arizona in the Pac-12 championship. We lost by 10 to them in the regular season. I, I wonder what it's going to be like going up against 
a team that has the size like Carolina has because it is sort of similar to what Arizona has. Just Mm -hmm. big dudes, a couple of of wing players that can shoot the basketball too. I kind of talked about this too with Marquette. Why I felt very confident in Carolina moving on past Marquette was because Carolina plays very similar to UConn. Mm-hmm. And UConn beat Marquette twice because they're very big, intimidating forces down low. And that's kind of what Carolina has in comparison with Arizona. And that's yeah. a team that beat UCLA a couple of times in the regular season. So there, there's your your look for optimism if you think that Carolina can pull the up, upset here. Whew, man, and they're going to need it. And I think one thing when we were talking about Hubert Davis and the growth, you've seen the growth of the team, right? They're believing in what he's saying and putting all the pieces together. And as much as he preaches about, oh, I want the guys to have their own memories, now they have those, right? Now you have the pieces. You know you have that little bit of taste, right? Like not to mm-hmm. say you guys should try crack, but I'm just saying you had a little <laughs> bit, you had a little piece. And so you're like, okay, I've seen the high. I want to keep chasing the high. I want to keep getting the all the fan reviews and the positive you know, affirmations from everyone who's just so hype on they really understand what it's like a little bit more to be a part of Carolina basketball because for a lot of these guys right they had the COVID year they didn't understand what to have like all of that Carolina love meant and now it's like okay you're gonna have to play your game but don't get me wrong they can blow it (laughs) they can have Caleb Love do not try and play hero right RJ Davis you know we love that you have 30 point games keep doing that you know I think he definitely should be the floor general for the rest of the tournament I just need Baycott to not get frustrated when another big tries to challenge him because you can just tell when you watch the Baylor game is so con was it so yeah was definitely in like tripping him every five seconds I don't know how that man stayed on the floor because he kept falling but you know can you not get flustered and can you make sure you stay in your game so I think that's just going to be their biggest thing can they just focus it's also a hot start too yeah. what do we what have I been telling you all season long and you you've reiterated as well like you can tell within the first five minutes if yep. Carolina is going to win or not you know, you know, in the first five minutes, because you yeah. either get a team that is just high energy, diving on the floor, really engaged, really locked in, or you get a team that's lazy and disinterested. Mm-hmm. And so far, like we've kind of been able to tell in the first five minutes, albeit maybe the the journey in that last Baylor game wasn't <laughs> exactly the one that we would have guessed for a win. But yeah, you could kind of tell in the first five minutes that Carolina was going to win each of those last two basketball games. And I yeah. think. That's just the theme of who they are. That's what they've been all regular season long. So if if you can dominate the first five minutes, probably in a good spot if you're Baylor or if you're yeah. uh, if you're Carolina. I hope that they worked on inbound passing this past week. Like I hope they've worked on like the basic fundamental stuff to where like, okay, you have five seconds throwing the ball defense in your face. Let's not do like those simple, stupid turnovers. Also don't hit the backboard. I don't know. Just basic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> basic That's an all time meme, uh, meme play of the tournament. I love that. Uh, like, oh, my Lanza. Well, we know it's this time of the year, March Madness. You're looking for some good treats to have as you're watching all of these good games and you're getting ready to watch not only North Carolina, UCLA on Friday, but you're also going to watch Miami and Ohio State. That's what we're going to talk about here in just a second. So grab that Built Bar treat, especially the Puffs, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Fluffy marshmallow, they're not just a protein bar. They're also a treat and 100% covered in real chocolate up to 130 calories grams of sugar you absolutely will love a built bar not even going to deny it here love to have them every single day as i get ready for trying to be keep on this fitness journey so join me grab a treat that you like whether it's mint brownie coconut coconut almond or any new flavor that built bar has each month if you think a flavor might 
they will certainly make it for you is be delicious and it will be good for you at Built Bar. They are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order by using promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're wrapping up the show here. Tyler Aki locked on Syracuse. And we have one more team, thankfully, to talk about here on the men's side. Iowa State and Miami face off on Friday as well. And they'll start at 9.59. Good Lord, too late. I do not understand why people have to start so late. But it's fine. You know, we roll. (laughs) Miami, a team that came in and beat up on Auburn in a way that I – when you talk about SEC schools and coaching, that was the first game that I really saw a team give up like in the NCAA tournament, in my yeah. opinion. Like mm-hmm. it, you could just tell it was just off. They were not – they were in shock about this Miami team actually beating them, and people were tweeting her like, you must be new here. <laughs> you must not know who Miami is. They just are this gritty, hard-nosed team, and Isaiah Wong and company are doing their thing. How can Miami keep this thing rolling? Keep doing what you've been doing from a protective <laughs> basketball standpoint. I mean, this yeah. team doesn't turn the basketball over, and they've been so good at that all season long. Sixth best in the country in turnover percentage. And that to me is has been a key for why they can play at the level that they play at because they're not a good rebounding team. And the goal of the tournament is to limit opponents' extra possessions, extra chances to score. And turning the basketball over is one of those things. Now they're going up against an Iowa State defense that's really good at taking the basketball away. Top five in the country in defensive turnovers force. So I look at that is going to be the X factor. Is it going to be Charlie Moore? Is he going to control the tempo? Is he going to be able to take care of the basketball? This is a big game for Charlie Moore, too, as a Chicago kid, getting to play in the United Center. I think it may be the first time he's played in the United Center since maybe high school he may have played there. Um, So this could be a big little moment for him, too. But I, I am really, really intrigued by the matchup of taking care of the basketball versus taking away the basketball between these two. Because yeah. you're, lo- you're looking at two teams that could not be more different from each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Iowa State plays no offense. Miami <laughs> plays no defense. Miami <laughs> plays all offense. And Iowa State plays all defense. Yeah. So the Miami offense versus the Iowa State defense, that is must-see TV. However, on the other end of the floor, when Iowa State has the ball and Miami's trying to lock them up, yeah, you can turn away a little <laughs> bit when, that, when that's happening. <laughs> um, but... I- I think it's going to be a good game. It's yeah. It doesn't have the feel of a 10-11 matchup. It's mm-hmm. gonna. I will say this. I would imagine it's going to be a really heavy Iowa State crowd in attendance hmm. here. Just from experience, I was at the United Center for the Sweet 16 Elite Eight when mm-hmm. Iowa State took on Virginia. Syracuse and Gonzaga were also in that pod as well. And Iowa State, I would say, had 95% of the tickets, 95% wow. of the fans. It wow. was not even close in that building. <laughs> and again, I think you're going to see a lot of Kansas fans, and a lot of Iowa State fans. And if they were to meet up, I think they could split the stadium 50, 50, 60, 40. Mm-hmm. But in an Iowa State versus Miami, and you wonder if the conference allegiance is there too with the big 12 with Kansas, like it could be 95, five from a, <laughs> it, it'll, it'll feel like an Iowa State home game. Yeah, really for for sure. But I think, you know, I've seen from what we've seen out of Miami, they enjoy being the villain when they were playing Auburn. You could tell that it was clearly a lot of Auburn fans in the building that didn't really make Miami fret or, you know, 
slow down their game. So I think they're going to have to have a strong offensive performance, but we have seen them struggle offensively and have some really off nights. So can they just really be consistent? Can Cam Augusty and Isaiah Wong take over? And then, of course, you have Charlie Moore leading the way. But Wardenberg, to me, is also a sleeper. Like, he can shoot from three, right? He can be a great defensive man when he wants to be. So they are a really well-coached team. Laranega has had a very good year. To me, has kept his job and not if nothing else has you know solidified why the ACC has had some good you know people at the helm in these various universities and that's going to be a problem you bring up Wardenburg mm-hmm. as a big that's six foot ten can stretch out create some driving lanes you're going to need to play really strong individual defense on the perimeter mm-hmm. if you're Iowa State in this game because if you can't lock up Isaiah Wong and Charlie Moore and Cam Augusti from being slashers in this game and getting to the basket, being drivers in this game, then I think Miami has a huge advantage here because Wardenberg's going to be able to pull a guy like George Condit away from the basket because he's got the ability to stretch the floor. And yeah. not just that, but he's going to be able to shoot over him too because he's got the the inch advantage and he's probably going to have Condit playing a little out of his element too, that far away from the basket. And if you don't match him up with Condit, well, then guess what? Wardenberg's going to have an even greater advantage probably. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's talk quickly here about the women because we know we do have three ACC teams facing off in the Sweet 16. North Carolina will face South Carolina on Friday at 7 p.m. on ESPN. You know, if if there was ever a time to be an underdog, this is the year, especially for the yeah. women's tournament. Mm-hmm. Why can't why not the Tar Heels? So I'm I'm all in on feeling like Deja Kelly and company are can do it, but they're gonna have to have one hell of a start because let's keep it a band. South Carolina has dominated every team that they played so far in this yes. tournament. So you have to have mm-hmm. a shot. If you stick around, I think there's an opportunity. But we know like most women's games, if it gets too deep too uh early and often it'll be a hard hole to kind of come out of. And in fairness, Carolina's dominated through the yeah. first two rounds, too. Obviously, you expect them to, to dominate in that first-round matchup, too. But then you go out and, and you dominate Arizona, a team that was seated higher than you. And yeah. here's the interesting wrinkle. The game's played in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of – you know your North Carolina geography a little bit better than I do, but um, that, that could have a home game-ish feel potentially yeah. for Carolina, which – that that stuff matters when you get Absolutely. to this time and, and you're looking for any little advantage you can get. And that sure. to me is certainly one of them for Carolina. Yeah. It's about 30 minutes down the road from Chapel Hill. And then of course, South Carolina, it's probably like an hour and a half, hour and a half away from Columbia, maybe, maybe even further. But I mean, you know, they travel and drove South Carolina Gamecock fans. So it'd be an interesting matchup to see Notre Dame and NC state will play on Saturday. Now this to me is the must see TV might be the best game of the tournament so far. Olivia miles and the fighting Irish facing off against Raina Perez and Lisa, Alyssa Cunane and NC state West Moore. We've got to keep it rolling. Got to keep it going. The energy. This is why you bring back your super, super, super seniors. Like you, this is the journey to win a title starts right now. I love Wes. I mean, I remember having an interaction with him in college when Syracuse played NC State, and he could not have been a cooler, nicer dude. Mm -hmm. Just pregame, meeting up, talking with him. So I've always, I've always been partial to to Westmore teams and NC State women's basketball. But again, this is Notre Dame, and and Notre Dame is coming off of a victory against Oklahoma by forty four (laughs) points. Like, right? You you dropped a hundred on someone that you don't see that, especially in this time, especially in a a matchup between teams that are closely seated like that. So Notre Dame, Neil Ivy's 
teams playing really, really well. And mm -hmm. wouldn't it be cool if the Ivies were the story of the tournament? You've got right? Jaden on one side and Niel coaching on, on the women's side too. Like this could be a, an Ivy, an Ivy world that we're all living in. <laughs> in in March here. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I think that's probably going to be the best game. And, you know, NC State, the last team to beat NC State was Notre Dame. And of course, Notre Dame is much younger. The experience levels are different. And so can NC State get that lick back? Can they figure out how to not only win, but win handily? I think when you look at just the scope of what these top teams are doing, they're, they're beating people in a very dominant way, but I don't think this is how that ma this matchup is going to go. I think it's going to be a lot closer. Finally, we'll talk about Tennessee and Louisville. Tennessee skating by, just squeaking in to this matchup, but Louisville certainly has had their way with folks, and you know they certainly want to be on a certain, some sort of revenge tour as they haven't had the season that they're used to having, yet and still, you know, four losses. Oh, God, cry me a river. I still feel like Louisville is one of the best teams in the country. Absolutely. And, and this is a, a matchup of iconic programs in the sport, too. And you look at Tennessee and Louisville. So the history obviously gets brought out. But um, yeah, I mean, Tennessee is coming off a close victory against Belmont. You, you talk about like we talked about a couple of other four seeds, five seeds that have just blown out the competition against a four or five seed. Well, mm -hmm. Tennessee's a four seed squeaking out against a 12 seed in Belmont. So does that light a fire under them or is it? kind of expose the vulnerabilities and i think when you've got a team like louisville who's as good as they are and has been as good as they have been the last decade or so like usually it's more of a okay we saw the vulnerabilities we're going to exploit that now and that's yeah. probably what i will i'm expecting to happen uh later on this week yeah, me too. I think it's going to be another great matchup, and I don't want to spend a lot more time because I know everyone wants to come back on Friday because you know it goes down for Freestyle Friday with Jersey Drake. We'll have a lot to go over. We'll, we'll know whether or not Texas Tech beat Duke, but more importantly, we'll get you prepped and ready with some good betting. Tyler Aki, it's always a pleasure to have you here on this show. Can you please remind these folks of where they can find you, follow your work? You can check us out locked on Syracuse every single weekday, Monday through Friday. And we're on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And you can find myself on Twitter at Tyler, AKI underscore. No doubt. And I'm really enjoying these exit interviews about the players. I, I like that. I'm ready for, ready for some Syracuse football, though. <laughs> Your favorite. <laughs> uh, spring game is on April 1st. There we go. But that, here's the thing. It's on April 1st. Is it going to happen? Or is this just mm. a giant ruse? Is this a giant April Fool's? Because we, we didn't get one last year. <laughs> Which is like, come on, this is, this is Power Five football. We're supposed to do a spring game. Right, and right. Dina Babers could be your coach on April 1st. He could not be. You never know. Yeah. You never know. So, we'll <laughs> All right, sounds good, y'all. Make sure you come back again. You can also listen to the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. So yesterday's episode with AJ Black talked a lot about Kenny Pickett and some of the comparisons and whether or not he really is a superstar quarterback that everyone's making him up to be. Please make sure you listen to that. Also follow the Locked on NFL Draft podcast wherever you listen. For Tyler Aki and Candace Cooper, until next time.